Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon with you all week long here on Oilers Now, where some guests... Some guests receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers Now sent you. Joined a couple times a week all year long for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. It's John Shannon jumping aboard, I believe, still from beautiful, uh, we'll call it Okanagan, British Columbia. How you doing today, John? Brendan, I'm doing great. Excellent. Um, so I guess the news of the day, Oilers-wise here, is they get uh, Raphael Lavoie signed. One year, uh, $874,000 and, um, you know, a price tag that I, I think works, albeit minimally. They're they're probably going to be down to the last dollar and cent here when, when Bouchard and McLeod are signed. But ultimately a player that they see as part of the immediate future of this team and someone who led the American League in goals last year for them as well. What do you think of this player? Well, I, I mean, let's face it, when, you, when you're building for the long term, you need to be able to take advantage of your draft picks and you need to be able to f- find people that can learn the system in the American League and Bakersfield. And Lavoie certainly has done that. And this is a team that uh, I think is always going to look for extra goal scoring. You know, you can't rely on 29 and 97 all the time and if, if Lavoie can, can fit that bill and be part of the future the long term future uh, then it's a good thing yeah he's, he's scored at the major junior level and now scoring at sure. the American League level it, and he's trending up John it looks like I, I would think through the preseason and through camp he'll get every look well you know I, and I know people in Edmonton have, have created drinking games for every time Kenny talks about Detroit. I know they have. Uh, and I don't want to be, uh, you know, a participant in the drinking game. But when you get good teams, uh, you allow your prospects to mature. Uh, you know, that was what Grand Rapids did for so many years for the Red Wings. And what we're now seeing is uh, a similar scenario for, for guys like Lavoie in the American League and in, in Bakersfield, learning the Oilers' way and, and having enough, having time around the club during the playoffs, having time around the club uh, in camp and probably the preseason games, and, and heaven knows if he'll get some some time in the uh, in the big leagues this year. But the the reality is that the maturation of hockey players isn't always at eighteen. It could be at twenty four. It could be at twenty seven. And in Lavoie's case, it could be it could be when you can score goals like him. It could be at twenty three or twenty four, right? You see, sort of, and I, I know the skills have been there this year in particular. But when you see a player that's a right shot, that's six foot four, that's two hundred and sixteen pounds. I mean, there's still something to be said for the intangibles of a six foot four winger in the modern NHL. Is that fair to say? It is if he uses it. If he uses his body, Brendan, you know, I think the one thing we learned in the playoffs, 
as a reminder, not necessarily the playoffs for the Oilers, but the playoffs for lots of teams. If you've got a guy six foot four and that weight with those skills, you still have to be physical. You know, and, and, you know, there's always been guys that have come out of all three junior leagues, particularly, that have said, wow, what a great body. Wow, what great skill. And then would not be physical enough. I mean, the guy that comes to mind for me that way uh, was Anthony Mantha. I mean, Anthony Mantha, um, who ended up being drafted by the Red Wings, uh, never learned and still has not learned at six foot six and 225 with great shooting skills how to be physical. So if, if, if you're going to contribute to any team, you better be able to use your sky, uh, your size. I mean, Cam, how many times in the Western League did you see and, and were frustrated by guys that had that build and, and those skills but wouldn't go in the corner? Didn't last very long in Redder, I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> you got that right. But you're you're absolutely bang on. Uh, players like that, you would see, that would happen in the Western League. It happens in pro. Uh, if you don't have that physical engagement, it's tough to be successful. And if you're a bigger player, it's really it's expected. And if it's not there, then it's incredibly tough. And John, I mean, you look at that fourth line and the physicality of the Vegas Golden Knights this year. I think that really drove the point home with how effective they were. They did chip in with goals, but they also kept the puck down in the opposition zone, I thought, more often than they didn't because of that physical play. Well, exactly right. I mean, Nick, Nick Roy and those guys became huge factors. Third and fourth line players that could use their size and speed become huge factors for any team in this league. And that's and I think that, you know, between that and the size of the defense, that's why the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. Um, obviously, the value of that type of player shown by Tampa Bay when they traded for Tanner Janot in the first place. Uh, he signed the contract extension, just a little over, what, $2 million uh, for a few years there, John. What did you think of, of, in the same vein that we were just discussing, but obviously he's a player that that organization, they wanted to target. They showed that at the trade deadline, and now they lock him up. I, I You know... After his rookie year, I, I think it's fair to say that Tanner Janot has plateaued. Um, you know, he, he's got unbelievable potential. Unbelievable potential. I think that's why Julian Brisbois traded so much for him at the deadline to be that difference maker. If he can learn that in John Cooper's system, then this bridge deal, this two-year bridge deal that he's under, is a steal for Tampa for the time being. But he's now at the point in his career that he cannot just have a reputation. He has to back it up on the ice with 25 to 30 goals and 100 penalty minutes and lead the team in hits. Connor Bedard signs today uh, with Chicago's entry-level deal. And oh, what I, a shock that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, huge surprise. I'm, I, John, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what he does out of the gate as an NHL player, having watched him in the WHL at the World Juniors and and just mesmerized at times with what he can do. 
I, and he seemed like I, I met him in the in the fall, and an incredibly nice young man. So I wish him well, except when he plays the Oilers. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. How about you? Yeah, you know, I, I think the one thing we've learned with him is his, his how mature he is as yeah. a well, really for the longest time as, as a 17 year old. Mm-hmm. You know, how, who can forget? I mean, the thing that I, I, every time I I think of Bedard and watch Bedard, I can only think of that interview he did post game at the World Juniors in Halifax, when uh, I forget who was doing the interview. It might have been Lindsay. Uh, really wanted him to talk about his individual performance, and, and he was adamant that he said, "No, this is this is not about me. This is about my team. This is about what we have to do as a team." Um, and the fact that we won together. I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about my teammates. And I've never forgotten that. Every time he talks now, I think of, man, this guy at 17 years old gets it. And you can only hope by surrounding him with guys like Nick Foligno and Corey Perry, they understand what it's like to to play NHL hockey. They're, I think they're great guys to have around him. Uh, and I, I, they are giving him every opportunity to succeed in Chicago. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, John, because they, you know we weren't entirely sure for probably a calendar year what Kyle Davidson was doing, trading away assets for what what some determined to be pennies on the dollar and 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 that sort of thing to be able to have the foresight to acquire the likes of taylor hall and Corey perry to insulate this young player in an instance where i'm not sure he would have had uh much other talent you know not it's not even necessarily to finish off the plays he's setting up or that kind of thing i mean you think about the office a bit uh, assistance that they'll be able to provide Corey perry in particular taylor hall who's gone through the ringer before I mean, this is almost one where you have to give some credit to the Blackhawks organization for um, for making sure that they get this one right, for surrounding him with as much potential uh, success both on and off the ice as, as possible and, and paying whatever they needed to to get that done, which I suppose is a luxury you have when you're not paying for a whole heck of a lot else. Well, uh, two, two things come to mind uh, about that, Brendan. First of all, um, the Blackhawks still have a lot to prove. You know, the Blackhawks are, you know, they're in a difficult situation with what has gone on in the last four or five years. And on in the Kyle Beach scenario, the Blackhawks are still a tarnished franchise, in my opinion, that have to prove, and they're, and they're still trying to prove it on every level. Um, so from from that perspective, um, you know, it, they're, they're trying to do it right. And, you know, public opinion will decide whether they've done it right at a certain point. And the other thing is just pure damn luck. You know, they went from three to one. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't, you know, they, 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 they didn't have the worst record in the National Hockey League. You know, and so so from that perspective, to, you know, for Columbus to drop to three and Anaheim to drop to two, and there they are, the Chicago Blackhawks win the draft lottery. It's uh, it's it's one of those things that uh, even when you're having scenarios like this, you end up having some luck every once in a while. Well, that's what it's all about. Sometimes you you just step right into it, and <laughs> Chicago did. Yeah. 
and we'll and see. What... You, and, and sometimes you can't make a six-foot putt. No, that's I mean, right. It's, 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 yeah, it's, there's something wrong, Cam. That... And you can't make the six-foot putt. Are, are you making some six-foot putts right now in BC? I'm guessing you're. Uh, have you been able to get out on the course at all? Uh, I, I'm actually I'm still in Ontario. I'm leaving oh. tomorrow for for British Columbia. But I but you, you did catch me on the golf course, no matter what. We have got <laughs> we. I know you find it hard to believe, Cam, but we do have golf courses in Ontario too. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, I yeah. heard there's yeah. some nice ones too. <laughs> not bad. If if you ever show up when there's snow not on the ground, you, we'd we'd love to have you on the golf course. You know. All right. I, that's that. I'm putting that in my back pocket what, right how now. How about the double? How about the double dip, Cam? Uh, golf in the morning, Jays in the afternoon. How's that? Oh, sold. <laughs> Done. I'm coming too. Sorry, yeah, guys. I'm inviting yeah. myself. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Um, so off season. Well, then we can start- do that. We'll do the triple. We'll do golf in the morning, baseball in the afternoon, and we'll we'll go to the Argo game at night against the Elks if there is another one. So. Boy, we'll be one of a handful of people in the crowd. Or That's is that just good, good seat? Good seat still available. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well stated. Um, okay, elsewhere around the NHL, it's, you know, it's it's obviously the dull period right now because the free agents that didn't sign, sort of in the frenzy, are just sitting around as uh, you know objects that people are kind of looking at right now and wondering what's going to happen here. And I, I'll just narrow it down to two, John, and we'll talk about Vlad Tarasenko. And maybe even Matt Dumba, and obviously neither of these players an option for the Oilers, but probably the two most coveted, I think, at their position as far as individual remaining UFAs, and knowing that we won't see Patrick Kane resign likely until he's healthy again, I would think. Right. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I think it should throw another storyline in there too, Brendan, and that's what the heck's going on with Eric Carlson. Sure. So, because I, I think I think the Carlson trade, if it does occur, will have an impact on how much money is left in the market, and and where he goes, will there be teams around that team able to you know improve their roster in order to compete with Carlson and Crosby and Malkin? Um, so that would that to me I, I think is part and parcel of what the. Uh, and that's it. You know, I mean, there's lots of scuttlebutt about Carlson going to Pittsburgh. We know Kyle Dubas wants to make a big splash this summer, and that would certainly be a big splash. Um, Tarasenko, you know, the Dumbo one, the Dumbo one surprised me. I just think that Matt has overpriced himself in the market, and so teams are not going to be in a hurry uh, at this point for Matt Dumba to sign for five and a half million dollars. Nobody's going to pay Matt Dumba that kind of money. So when when the realization is and the pressure comes that I I want to be somewhere in September, uh, even if it's a one year deal, or if he can squeeze a two year deal out of somebody for a reasonable dollar, I think that that will occur. Tarasenko, I just think has, you know, he's he's not in any hurry. He knows he's going to play. He I think he has a good sense of what the number is, and now he's debating whether Carolina is the place to go, or is it Florida, or is it Ottawa. And who who really wants him the worst or the most in order to try to make it work? Looking at uh, the players that are still available, are there are any at all that uh, that stick out to you that could come to Edmonton on a on a very reasonably priced deal? Uh, I I don't I don't see anything before the season. I, I really don't. I I think you know. <laughs> get McLeod done 
get get Evan Bouchard done. You know, find out what this team is like with Connor Brown in the top six. Um, you know, can Skinner and Campbell, you know, regain a bit of their their quality starts between the two of them? Uh, I think that the, any major change that the Oilers are going to do probably won't be until the new year camp. Okay. I just don't. Th- I think with the way the money is set up right now, I think that probably makes the most sense for what Kenny and the guys are trying to do. Lots of people wondering about the availability at all about Jonathan Taves. Do you have any insight as to, first of all, whether he's going to suit up at all this year? And and I think that a lot of people see the enticement there, but it would have to be not a team-friendly deal. It would probably have to be the most team-friendly deal we've seen in NHL history to get Taves on the cap for the bare minimum. But, you know, I guess this is something that's being discussed. What is the latest that you've heard, John, on Jonathan Taves and his availability to anybody? Uh, you know, it's gone It's gone really quiet on Taves. Um, but I don't think Jonathan's in any hurry. I, I, I think that... Uh, you know, let's face it, Jonathan Taves had two and a half of the most excruciating seasons of any player, you know, both, you know, between COVID, between the issues that he went through from, from an injury and an illness perspective, and then the way the Blackhawks played. So from that perspective, you're right. I mean, I think that if it's a, if it's a million dollars max for a single year, is there a place that he can help contribute? And then the other thing, here's the other thing, Brendan. Will Jonathan Taves, does he just want to suit up and play games? Or is, what kind of role is he expecting to play on any team he plays on? You know, is he just happy to be part of the, you know, the 20 guys that are on the roster every night? Or, you know, does he can he see himself sitting in the press box for 30 games a season? I think that there's a. Uh, I think that if you decide to to go and acquire a guy like Jonathan Taves, you have to figure out, okay, who are we? Who are we challenging here? Is he going to be one of our team leaders? What role is he going to play? This is not like Duncan Keith when Duncan came to Edmonton and and Duncan showed a lot of leadership skills and still contributed 19 or 20 minutes a game. I think there's a lot of question marks of what kind of player Taves is now. I think you wonder. You still have to wonder a little bit about his stamina. So I, I think there's a lot more questions and answers, in addition to, you know, money and term, when it when it comes to Taves. I, I that that's that that's an interesting one for me. And, and I'm not sure it would be worth the angst at this point, if it's if investing a million dollars in him or, or taking a minimum salary and trying to invest it in a younger guy. Yeah, it's a. That's a tough question, a tough decision, because you don't yeah. know if you'll get a full season or or not. It's almost to that. me well, like, here's like a, and, here, and here's the thing: Jonathan John's married. He's got yeah. wife and kids in Chicago. They're not moving. They're not moving. They're not leaving Chicago. He's in. A, he's a legend in Chicago. So he's going to be an absentee father. And how, how? I think there's lots of different ramifications of of a discussion when it comes to what 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 John would do. I mean, I have nothing but admiration for the guy for what he's done on and off the ice and what a leader he is. I, I just wonder if that's the best way to spend a million dollars. 
Fair enough. And I, yep. I don't know that they're even going to have that million to spend, particularly after inking Raphael Lavoie. John, appreciate you taking some time for us out on the course. And uh, yeah, safe travels out to BC when you get there, okay? By the way, I did make that six-foot putt. Yeah, you That's did. Good for you. I know, yeah. <laughs> I've got some practice. To we're going to do the day. We're doing the double dip camp. And yes, Brendan, you can come along too. Awesome. Thank I'm you. I'm down. <laughs> Looking forward right, to it. Boys. Thanks, John. Right. Appreciate it. That is John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. I'll remind you that uh, the Oilers now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Few texts to get to. 780-496-0063. Brendan and Cam holding it down when we get back. 12.55 in Edmonton. Brendan and Cam with you this week. Cam with you all week long. I'm ducking in and out. I've got football stuff going on. Another game Thursday. The Elks, well, they'll be in tough at IG Field in Winnipeg. Yeah. And they were going to be in tough in the first place. And then Kenny Lawler decided that he's ready to come back. He he will be reinstated from the suspended list as if that's uh, you know not enough of a challenge in its <laughs> own right. So uh, the Elks, they'll be in tough. And it looks like Taylor Cornelius is still taking the starters reps at practice this week. Okay. To well, the chagrin yeah. of many. That will be a challenge. Although Winnipeg did lose this past weekend. So there's that. Yeah, in grand fashion. I yeah. Mean, with, what a comeback. Dustin Crumb, the greatest rushing quarterback since fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Hey, three of the four games this weekend in the CFL were unbelievable. Like down to the wire amazing finishes unfortunately the one that was you know doing its own thing was here so that's unfortunate but we're hoping that this weekend it's it's better yeah winnipeg and then bc on home field and then a bye week that cannot come fast enough (laughs) for this football team ryan not in the dozer says apparently the pga thinks the golf courses in canada are only located in ontario Well, Well, I mean, here's the caveat to that. Yes, yes, in terms of where the Canadian Open is held every single year. you got to factor in the population and that sort of thing. But I think Banff gets a pretty good rep among the golfing world. Kananaskis. Yeah, like Jasper's course is spectacular. Predator Ridge and Vernon. I know you don't want to give BC credit for a ton, but that's like Hockey Canada's specific golf course that they have there. It's supposed to be world class. Uh, And uh, I'm going to make the case for Tobiano in Kamloops, which is one of the more difficult courses you're ever going to play, but it is absolutely spectacular views looking out over Kamloops Lake and somewhere that I know uh, I think it's Golf Digest that does the ratings of all the. It, it does factor in. So um, there, Ryan. Even if the PGA won't give our Western Canadian courses some credit, God damn it, I will. There, are, there are some good <laughs> ones out there. It is twelve fifty-seven in Edmonton. Still to come here. We'll uh, open up the phone lines and lots of texts to get to here in hour number two. That's coming right up, and then we'll check in with our favorite Montreal-based sports personality, George Larocque, at one thirty-five. Not before, though. Should we get to it early, Aiden? Should I make you work, or should I tap dance for another 24 seconds? <laughs> he throws his hands in the air. Dude, I don't know. Quit putting me on the spot. <laughs> okay. Randy Gilbert's got your headlines 
coming up next. But you, if you got a comment, maybe you want to delve back into the Oilers' goaltending. Maybe you've got an idea for who they should try and sign with this remaining cap space. Uh, it's not very much of it, so you might have to get creative. But let us know. 780-496-0063. Randy Kilburn has the headlines next.